three, two, one. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Guys, we're back. We are back. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. It's a hockey. I'm thinking maybe we find a new way to do the intro. I'm getting a bit sick and tired of saying we're back. Changing it up like where you are right now. Yeah, well, thank you for it, Daniel. Um, it is, I didn't realize that I'd have where our furnace and water heater is right behind me. But yeah, I'm in my basement. We finally finished the renovations. and uh, There's the little bits and pieces where we got to fix up, but it's livable. I bought myself a new TV. It's all set up. It's a good feeling. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. And I'm surprised I'm used to seeing the Carey Price uh, I know. picture behind you. There's still time. Yeah. I'm going to move stuff down here and pimp it out in a bit. But, uh, and you occasionally hold it up. Yeah. We have pot lights down. Uh, occasionally. It's every other episode. <laughs> He's going to be... He's. We're gonna have to pause the episode when we talk about Montreal because he's gonna have to go get his Carey Price picture. His jump cuts <laughs> me wearing the mask. He's like, ah, we did it, guys. Woo. Yeah, we also have pot lights down here. Lighting's fantastic. Um, even yeah. though I just looked up and now like my vision's a bit blurry. Uh, but lads, it's a fun weekend. Third straight F1 Grand Prix this weekend. Again, this is a hockey podcast, but we got to talk about some Grand Prix. The Hungarian like a hockey podcast. What? So it doesn't feel like a hockey podcast. Anymore. I know sometimes when like, we start with this, it feels it's like, like an F1 podcast where we talk about hockey. Yeah. So we got to put the disclaimer so people are like, ah, oh, not my cup of tea. Just skip forward. If you keep hitting the, the plus 15 seconds thing yeah. until you start hearing us talking about hockey. But like, I used to not be an F1 fan. Now I am. But Lewis Hamilton, another win. His eighth win in Hungary, tying Michael Schumacher's record for the most wins uh, at a single Grand Prix. The British man. Just, today there was Lewis Hamilton and then there was everyone else. <laughs> Seriously. Man, you know, it's yeah. like that every weekend. It's not even yeah. like, it, I feel like their car is so dominant. Yeah. That it's, even if Botas is off his game, uh, it's like Hamilton's miles ahead of Red Bull, miles ahead of Ferrari. It was finally a good weekend for Ferrari, kind of. Yeah. Like I mean, for Vettel, that's it. Yeah. I was about to say, it was great for Seb, but Charles is outside the no. points. We do yeah. a special shout-out to our guy here. Alex yeah. Alba? Sorry, who's no. our guy? Who's our guy here? Lance Pierre Gasly. He's the only guy that did not finish. Uh, I thought so. He's had a good season to start, but, man. He's gotten better. Uh, really good shout-out. Well, I guess we just quickly mention this before we head on to the hockey. Max Verstappen. Even, yeah. like, before the, like the first formation lap, I don't even know. Somehow goes into the wall, messes up the front left of his car, breaks his front wing. There's some sort of like mess up thing with his tires, and within yeah. like I think it was ten minutes, that Red Bull engine, like um, the engineers, like their pit crew, who yeah. continue to amaze me every year after year, it might be the best pit crew in F1, fix his car up and he's ready to go and ends up finishing P2. They are the drivers of the day. They are. When I saw because Max started in P seven, I believe, right? At first I was like, Man, just give it to the to the pit crew because they were he was thanking them 
when the race started afterwards, just amazing. I thought he was going to lose his spot. I thought Bottas was going to overtake him. This close. This close. One more lap, and and, uh, Valtteri had a terrible start, too. He was so close to getting a penalty for it. It was so close. You know, there was a part of me that wanted to see one, two, three, four, all Mercedes engines. No love for the Honda Red Bull ones? No, no love for the Honda Red Bull engines. Tracing point. Tracing point. Oh, Daniel, I'm not sure if you've you've heard, because I don't think we talked about it last episode, but Adam's new favorite driver has changed from Charles Leclerc to Lance Stroll simply because Lance Stroll is from – I believe he was born in Montreal, so I, I assume he grew <laughs> up in Montreal. And he turns out to be a uh, Canadiens fan. Okay. And his favorite player was Carey Price or PK Subban. It was it was Koivu. Now it's Price. Okay. okay. So this guy's an original of the early 2000s. So we got yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Imagine he's about your he's around your age, Daniel. A few years older than us, but. Whenever there is a Canadian Grand Prix at Grand, again, I, I was looking up Take Your Prices first time in F1, and I thought, wow, um, maybe shouldn't have bought expensive. a new TV now. But, a little uh, expensive. expensive. Oh, they yeah. totally are, man. Uh, the guys We'll awards, make it one day. Yeah, one day. We'll see. More sponsorships than that. Um, we'll get – or just one to start, I guess. Um, but, guys, you know, the best part about F1 are, like, the podium presentations, the trophies especially – uh, but we'll talk about real trophies now. The NHL, we've started to hear finalists for different awards over the last, i say it was a week. Uh, I've got a few of them up. We're going to save the Selkie for later because... Uh, Lady this, Bing. This, this, oh, sorry. Yeah, the Lady Bing. Oh, yeah. what, a, what a fantastic start to the show. I'm sorry. We'll save the Lady Bing for later because it's such a forgettable trophy. I forgot its name. And it's because the Leafs nominated Talk of the Town. Back to normal, lads. We'll start with the Vesna. Uh, your finalists, Boston's Tuka Rask, Tampa's Andre Vasilevsky, and the man who should win it, Winnipeg's Connor Hallebuck. Alex, starting with you, any surprises here? No, no surprises, but uh, I-, I said it before, Connor Hallebuck, just give him the award. Like, come on. Daniel? Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. He basically carried the Jets this year. I think the way their defense looked, you know, we always joke around, and I, we still love it. We saw Dylan DeMello go there at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Solid guy Paul Maurice loves, but for what he had to kind of have on that blue line with him, he, he deserves it. Plus, like, man, the amount of games he played. Yeah, I, I think, think that – sorry, Adam, go. I, know, I, I was just going to say, I think it's him and Price are just the two guys who are just – their teams are riding to the finish line. And Freddie. And Frederick Anderson, yes, that's very true. So, and what were you going to say, Alex? Sorry. No, I, I was just saying that I think that like what Daniel said about the games played is, is the biggest thing that Connor Hellebuck has. Like that's his advantage over Vat. Like you know, because I think Vasilevsky had a slow start. <clears throat> I remember at the beginning of the season, we weren't like we knew Tampa Bay was good. We all just thought last season absolutely just murdered their confidence. So I think that kind of ruled Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky out for me as number one. Tuka Rask, I, I have it up here, played 41 games this year. And, you know, yeah, he put up great numbers. Like he had a 9-2-9 save percentage. He won 26 games, uh, eight losses and six overtime losses. But Connor Hellebuck, like he literally was that team. Yes. 
He literally, yes, you know, their offense was spectacular. But, or maybe not, maybe not spectacular, but like their offense was good. But, yeah, their moments. That's but their defense was like, yes, we saw Neil Pionk take a huge step forward. You know, Josh Morrissey taking a huge step forward. But like they had a 19 year old Vili Hinola play and then <laughs> send him back. I think they sent him back to Sweden. Connor Hellebuck played 58 games this year. And, th- and that's a short, and obviously that's with just under 70 games uh, fully played. So I, yeah. if they played a full 82-game season, like imagine how many more games he would have played. Probably the, re- probably the rest of them. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like when you brought up the Rask point, he played 41 games, but, you know, he had – I don't know, that kind of like – it wasn't like a full out tantum, but it was something that I kind of felt that, you know, he had the luxury of Halak – being there for yeah i think we'll get to a point where we start seeing more and more tandems where you know when tuka rask plays 41 games you know there's more of a chance uh that he'll win the vesna but i think right now because we have a vasilevsky playing a lot of games we have the connor hellebucks playing all these games and still putting up numbers, those big numbers, I just I find it hard to see those guys getting the nod for the Vesna. Mm-hmm. So we're never uh, going to see Martin Broder esque numbers no. of seventy seven games a season, um, no. or like yeah, no. Someone in Montreal might challenge that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, we do have a lot of awards to get through and our own nomination, so we'll we'll pick up the pace a bit here. Uh, the Ted Lindsay, this is the MVP voted upon by the NHLPA, a.k.a. the MVP that actually matters. Uh, no offense to the PWHA there. Our finalists include Edmonton's Leon Dreisaitl, who was just ripping it away when the season ended or prematurely ended. Our Temi Panarin of the New York Rangers. And Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche guys. Did the Lindsay and the Hart have the same nominees? I don't think the heart's been nominated yet or announced yet. I haven't oh. seen it. No, it hasn't been announced. It hasn't. Okay. No, Never mind. Never mind me. It's a weird one because, like last year, McDavid, I don't think was a heart finalist, or he yeah. was, and he didn't. And but then he was nominated for the Lindsay, and he won it. And everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, well, that that kind of makes sense of it all." And everyone actually started caring about the Lindsay. With the, unfortunately, it took the passing of Ted Lindsay himself, rest in peace. But. Um, guys, if you had to give this, we're going to get to it a little later. Never mind, I'll scrap that. But just tell me this, Daniel: uh, Why should Nathan McKinnon win it? I don't know. Just the prototypical superstar that he's become. Mm-hmm. The success in Colorado just so seamless. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Like I don't know. It just he makes everyone a lot better than him. Right. But right. to make a note about this, I just kind of felt. Uh, I don't know, like. Watching the Andre settle this year, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so he yeah. can kind of carry a team on his own. Um, I brought this before where, you know, there's been injuries to other stars and they've, like, gone on to win the heart, Corey Perry. I mm-hmm. think it was 2011, but I have to give it to Nathan McKinnon this year. And, Alex, because I know Mike's going to listen, tell me why Panarin's not going to win. I just don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think you look at – Hey, Mike. Sorry, sorry. You look at what – Leon Dreisaitl did, and you look at more at what Nathan McKinnon did. And I think the advantage that 
Nathan McKinnon has for me over Leon Dreisaitl is that, yeah, you know what? Edmonton lost McDavid for a span. Mm-hmm. I think it was about 10 games. But Colorado lost Landeskog for a period of time, Rantanen for a period of time, Kadri for a period of time. And those all add up. And it wasn't like it was one at a time. Like they all kind of, they were overlapping each other. And I think the fact that you look at the numbers and Nathan McKinnon doubled the closest forward and almost doubled Kale McCarr, who was second in scoring for the Avalanche, has to stand out, stand out for. For the people who are voting, mm-hmm. I like, like the same it. thing we said about Connor Hellebuck. They carried the team this year. I think Nathan McKinnon, mm-hmm. the way kind of things went with the injuries. He's just a such a good hockey player, a beautiful man. He encourages us to buy hockey cards. Right. yes, he does, and in, encourages sharing and being. You ever seen that commercial when like it's him and Sid on the ice with the kids? And he's telling one of the kids to behave. It's like, oh, all right. Nate's being the parent. He's being the responsible parent here. Maybe. I don't I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's pretty good. Look it up. It's one of the – and, like, they bring puppies on the ice. Is it the Tim Hortons commercial or is yeah. it yeah, – How to make hockey fun. Like, how to, like, yes. change, yeah, yes. how to make hockey more fun or something. Yeah. I remember that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned earlier there, Alex, the, uh, the young man, Kale McCarr, another one of these awards – is uh, the Kohler even to the rookie of the year? Our finalist, no surprise, or Jack, not Jack Hughes. We wish wow. the New Jersey wow. wish is it's a Quinton Hughes. Man. That's a bird. Uh, That's a bird. Yeah. You're gonna need some aloe for that one. Uh, Quinton Hughes, defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, previously mentioned, Kale McCarr for the Colorado Avalanche, another defenseman, fantastic pair. And it was always the question, kind of like the year Line and Matthews were the finalists, who's going to be the third guy? It was Orensky then. This year, it is Chicago's Dominic Kubelik, Suzuki, Adam Fox, a little snubbed. Mackenzie Blackwood. Okay. Hey, oh, yeah, Mikhaev. No, I, I won't go. No, I won't go. I won't see Ilya Mikhaev. But, um, yeah, man, come on. Give Mackenzie Blackwood some credit. Goalies need love, too. Well, goalies never get credit in this league. No, yeah, I know. Well, who was I, the last goalie? I think uh, since Price was nominated for a bunch of stuff, I think Leonard's the only goalie who's been nominated for a trophy other than the Vesna. And when we won the Masterton last year, goalies never get individual credit. Yeah. Oh, no. Let, can I just read you his numbers for this year? For the oh, new yeah. Ju- Let's just remember what team he's playing for, okay? Yep. The New Jersey Devils. The New Jersey Devils. In 47 games, he, or he started 43, 22, 14, and 8. A 915 save percentage, three shutouts, and a 2.77 goals against average. Okay? Not the best stats in the world. But the team. But the team around him was, uh. I think the story there's a nine fifteen save percentage. That's like league average goaltending is going down and down. Like save percentage, especially. Yeah. But back to the the finalists themselves. Yeah. I really is just a story of Hughes and Makar, isn't it, is. it, Daniel? Yeah. Um, I think I talked about it last time when we had Harmon Dial on from the Athletic, and 
you kind of put me in my place. I think. I think I flat out said it's Kale McCarr. Yeah, winning it all, and then he's like, "All right, yeah." But he's so calm about it. He's like, "Yeah, but you know, when we look at uh, like the amount of minutes that, like, you know, right away, or you know, the defensive starts, all these things, like, I think he convinced me that it's Quinn Hughes." He made some really good points. Yeah, he made some really good points. I remember when he wasn't. It felt all three of us after the call when we when uh, when that question was asked. I think it was you, Daniel. And we were all waiting for him to actually say a name. And, and we were all three of us were ready to say, but who's your actual, but he did say it was going to go to Hughes. Yeah. Um, I've been on the Makar bandwagon all year and I've refused to get off of it. What about you, Alex? I'm so back and forth because there's a part of me that says, you know what? Kale Makar is probably going to end up winning it because what ends up happening is it's the guy with the most points. Right. You look at, I, I know they're two defensemen, but the offense takes a little more it, – it's a little more – It's the argument there. of the new age defenseman. The Eric Carlson argument, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but even, like, Quinn Hughes just – like, he made so many – like, Harmon made so many good points. It completely made – it made me completely rethink – or it made me, like, completely change how I think of Quinn Hughes. Um, I'll just quickly, if you two want to just talk about Dominic Kubelik being up there, I'll get up McCarr and uh, Hughes' numbers. We can okay. just do a quick comparison. Uh, Daniel, did you want to go first? or? Yeah, I think you know he's a bit of an older prospect. I believe he's 24, right? He's like a seventh uh, rounder from the Kings, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, I think, man, like this is something Chicago needs. He played a really good game. He already complimented. I, I know that, like, you know, they – by virtue of how everything's gone, that's is why they made the playoffs. Like they wouldn't have any other way, I think, this year. But you know, he's been a hopefully he's a foundational guy. You know, like they said that about Artemi Panarin, like bringing in new talent, and they just can't pay. Like they couldn't pay anyone. So like hopefully, like they learn kind of from that instance that you know, like you know, we should really try to keep these guys, especially with like Kane, Taves. You know, they're both over thirty. Hmm. And you know I have Kubalik's numbers up, and listen, like he put up, he scored thirty goals, sixty-eight games, and he averaged fourteen minutes in uh, twenty-two seconds. That's good. Like I don't want to, I don't want to put any. Like I think that that's a really good rookie season. It's just that he's twenty-four. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so in 11 more games, Hughes had 53 points compared to Makar's 50. Again, 11 more games for Hughes. And uh, I will remind you guys, I did get to see Montreal, Colorado live this year. Yeah. And nobody on the ice caught my eye more than the skating of Kale Makar. He is uh, a wicked hockey player. He's he's so good. He'll be uh, – He'll be a staple of that team for a while. And, you, know, you could get some Norris votes. As sure. Those two for, could honestly get a, a Norris vote this year, and I wouldn't be surprised. Probably won't happen. but Maybe, yeah. Um, I have some F1 news. Okay. Oh, yes? Does it have to do with Alex Albo? No. For the okay. second weekend well, in a my row. My heart skipped Sorry, sorry. <laughs> for the second weekend in a row, mm-hmm. Renault has submitted a request oh my God. for the legality of the Racing Point RP20. Okay, I just want to put that out there. All right, tracing point, tracing point, tracing <laughs> point. It starts from the head and the principles. 
Well, we're talking about management side. Well, we'll look at the coaching side of the NHL. The Jack Adams finalists, coach of the know. year. Our finalists, Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins, the only team to hit 100 points by the time the season shut down. Alain Vigneault, who led the Philadelphia Flyers, who were easily the hottest team in the league when the season shut down. And John Tortorella, who took a skeleton crew of a Columbus Blue Jackets and have pulled them into a playoff position. Still fighting even when, again, the season did end. And Alex. You just, already know. Alain Vigneault, go, go ahead. Alain Vigneault. What, at the beginning of the season, what were we saying about the Philadelphia Flyers? They're not making playoffs. I remember saying, personally, I said, I think they would, if they were going to touch the playoffs, it would be a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. At the end of the season, they were one point away from the first place Metropolitan Division. One point off of Washington. One point off of the Washington Capitals. Three points ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pretty good players on all those teams, too. Pretty good guys. Yeah. I don't think Philly has a superstar either. Sorry, Claude Giroux's not the... No. I don't think they're superstars. I think they do have very good players. They have a goal remember... uh, Sorry, go on. No, sorry. I just say they have oh. a goalie, a goalie too. World Junior yeah. guy for you. Oh yeah, I just remember. I think it was like Pierre Laviolette who said yeah. like Giroux was up there with like the best in the game. This was like in 2013. I remember saying that. I mean, yeah. maybe in 2013 because I remember the the series between Pittsburgh and uh, Philly. It, him and Crosby just going, going, and going, and going, just. Not now, though. It's seven yeah. years later. Okay. It's time for Crosby to pass the torch to Giroux. One of the worst hockey takes ever. Who said hey, that? Yeah. I don't remember who it was. I remember hearing that too. Yeah. It's a famous line. It's I have an idea. I have a DM who said it, but I'm not gonna say it. Uh, probably Mike Milbury or Steve Simmons. All right. Who? Pierre. Who do you think? Let's give us Pierre. a name. Pierre. Pierre? Yellow Brett? No, McGuire. Oh, Pierre McGuire. Okay. That's a name I haven't heard in a bit, even though for some reason he was almost like a GM or something. Mm -hmm. Hope he's well. Um, Yeah, I hope he is. Of course, of course. Um, I bet they're all great guys, right? Yep. We'll get to the great guys later. (laughs) A little preview for later in the show. We're going to have – Daniel had a really fun idea that we're – each of us put a a lineup together of, like – the stars, like, sorry, this show's most talked about players. So I assure you, Cody Cece will be on there. Probably Craig Smith will be there. Um, so that will be fun. We'll look forward to that uh, in a few moments here. The final award we'll talk about before we do our own finalists here is an award that, guys, we're going to talk a bit about here because I'm of the opinion that this shouldn't be an award. This should be something that instead of to repeat myself, that should be awarded. Yeah. It should be something that's celebrated. And that's the Masterton Trophy, which is, of course, given to – I'll get the exact definition up here. And while I am, your finalist for it, you know, stuff like perseverance on and off the ice, this kind of stuff, goes to Oscar Lindbaum of the Philadelphia Flyers, Stephen Johns of the Dallas Stars, and Bobby Ryan of the Ottawa Senators. Now, all three of these guys – Bobby Ryan, of course, this season went into the NHL wellness program, sorted his lives out, you know, his battle with 
Paul Lesnar Demon. Steven Johns had a long stretch without playing any games with a lot of injuries of his own, kind of situation with Noah Jolson. And then Oscar Lindbaum beat cancer. Um, now, Alex and I especially have talked about this on and off the show, but it almost feels like you're saying when you award and when you name finalists and then you present a single award that you're almost saying this struggle is worse than this guy's struggle. It's almost like you're ranking them. It, it just seems to yeah. sour taste in my mouth, this award. Yeah, I, I think the thing – I didn't actually think about it that way. Um when when I was first when I first looked at it because I saw I saw a lot of this on Twitter. What happens? Uh, what I saw happening was that you know the fan bases of Philadelphia, Dallas, and um, Ottawa. It feels like they're just all butting heads trying to fight for whose tragedy and comeback was worse. I'm like, that's not what the. I I don't think that's the NHL's intention. Like I I don't think. In, in my opinion, I don't think that's the NHL's intention in saying we're tr- we're gonna like no. That's what they're no. trying to do. But I think it's the outcome of how they present that specific award. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that I said to Adam was, I said, "Listen, like, why don't you like?" I think Adam, when we talked, suggested one for each team. No, that was you. I no, that was. Like- I never said. No, I said every team nominate. So when the award is normally considered, every team normally puts out a player, and then the finalists are from there. Yeah. I didn't say like every team gets one. No, I was saying like the way the award is chosen is every team puts forth a candidate. Don't they do that now? No, that's what I mean. Is what I was pointing out was how they select. No, I'm not saying. I wasn't saying everyone just gets a Masterton award. No, that's just weird. Yeah. What I was suggesting is maybe you like. You then have like your own interteam award for it, but like on an NHL scale, yeah, it's just it's kind of silly when you have a nominee of you can bear like Yager won the Masterton a few years ago for being old and still playing, which is an accomplishment playing in your forties. But yep. then last year, Robin Leonard won it for dealing with a lot of mental health stuff. This year we will either have somebody like we just mentioned all like the nominees there, especially to highlight Oscar Lindbaum will probably win the man beat cancer. And you compare beating cancer and wellness, wellness, illness and having a long career. They're just, you can't compare the two. That's yeah. the big problem there. But sorry. You guys ever recommend no, for sure. Masterton recipients. So just all three of them get it. That's, that's what I was. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of my thing and saying, okay, these are the three guys, uh, that win, and if the NHL is not interested in handing out three awards, then just don't announce the finalists. Just That's my like, don't I think, don't yeah. amount, don't <laughs> announce the finalists because it, it puts a bitter taste on a lot of fan ba- on multiple fan bases each year. Sorry, what? Just, you got to think about just tail by like. Million. So you're cutting out. You're Adam, cutting, you're out, cutting out. No, no, no. You're really cutting out. That's fine. Uh, we'll. Really cut. We'll fix this. It's okay. We'll we'll move on, and then when Adam fixes, uh, all right. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh. 
It's but good now, now? No, now it's echoing. Oh. There's a little crap. bit of an echo. Oh, no, we're good. Wait, you okay? We're good. That was a... Uh... No, we can't hear you. Oh, no. He changed. And it. we're he echoing. Kept he kept changing. Okay, hold on. We'll, we'll try. Okay, uh, technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. But, yeah, I think the, the big point, and I think the conclusion we have is, at the end of the day, like, crap, like scrap it as an award. Again, honor these people for the struggle they've had because not only is it making the NHL itself as a massive accomplishment, massive accomplishment, sorry, but then when you throw in some of the other issues that these players themselves, we'll talk about, like, specifically Lindbaum, Johns, and Bobby Ryan – it just it's something that needs to be on an equal level mm-hmm. honored. Um, but do you guys want to go to our own finalists for each award? Haven't we done that before? We just did finalists. Sorry, we just awarded it. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. So, guys, uh, we will so do the MVP award. We're just going to call it MVP because whatever. We're not like Ted Lindsay thing. It's all the same. The uh, Vesna. Hmm. The MVP is the heart, is it not? Okay, the, there's two MVP. Lindsay is is MVP voted by the players. Yeah. The heart is the MVP by the PWHA. Okay, you know what? Pro, we're close. We're close enough to the PWHA. Pro Hockey Writers Association. So we're well, just gonna, we're all gonna get there one day. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I'm gonna be Frank Saravelli, future yeah, head. Exactly. Okay. So MVP guys, for I myself have Nathan McKinnon because I love him. I put Connor Hellebuck. I'll make him because he really is the MVP of that team. And he'll be the first goalie since Carey Price to be nominated for it because at the end of the day, you have goalies. Like, if Winnipeg don't have him, what do you have? And my final MVP finalist, again, this is directed towards you, Mike. I don't have Artemi Panarin. I have Roman Yossi. So no oh, Leon Dreisaitl. That's, no a, Leon that's, Dreisaitl. that's an interesting one. No Connor McDavid because I look at Nashville and – the mess that is that team without their captain, their leading scorer in Roman Yossi, I think, man. Also, this is very much a hot take. I won't, I won't lie. I, I thought I, I'd, get, I'd get the lads going there. What about you guys? Who do you have with your MVP? Um, I, I have Nathan McKinnon winning as well. Um, I have Leon Dreisaitl coming in at number two. I do not have Artemi Panarin. Uh, coming in at number three, I do have Connor Hellebuck coming in at numero trace. I love it. I love it so much. Mike is never going to come back on the show now. He's going to be too upset. What about you, Dan? All right. Uh, okay, I got to change it up a bit. So I have the same three as you guys, but I have one honorable mention, and that's David Pasternak. Okay. I think, really? like, the way the Bruins are kind of going along, you know, they have a great team, but the way he's just been able to, like, be that catalyst on offense, you know, he's mm-hmm. been able to kind of play in all situations, and I think he goes under the radar sometimes. You know, like, he – we talk about, like, he had the Dreisaitl kind of race towards the end, but I think it's just something worth mentioning that, you know, he deserves some recognition here as well. Do you mean yeah. the rocket race? Yes. Okay, sorry. You said dry sidle. I was going to say what? Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, with dry sidle. Mm-hmm. With Ovechkin. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, you mean Matthews and Ovechkin, right? For the goal scoring race. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No worries. I no got worries. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Like, I think the only issue with Pasternak, and I'll respectfully disagree with you here, is 
I have a massive man crush on Patrice Bergeron, and I'd put him first. Uh, Vesna's though. I've never heard of that one before. Hmm? Never yeah. Heard that yeah. Before. Me having a man crush on the French Canadian? Yeah. Oh. Never heard of that one. We'll go to Vesna's. Um, the Vesna star. I also have Tuka Rast as one of my finalists. Connor Hellebuck, of course. And the guy I have been high on all year. I have Darcy Kemper. Yes, he was hurt, but man, Arizona are lost without that guy. Uh, we'll go the other way now, starting with you, Daniel Emanuel. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. It's like, it's weird this year. It's like you have to kind of say, like, it's the one guy, you know? It's like, it's Connor Hellebuck winning it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think by a long shot, personally. Um, I don't I think I'm going to put, I don't know, like, this was really, like, kind of a weird one for me, to be honest. It'd be weird if I put Jakob Markstrom there, because I think, like, the way the team was, you know, like, the stats were not super solid, but, like, the way the team was, like, it kind of helped his case, in my opinion. And yeah. second, um... Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to put. I don't. Know, I think I'm gonna put Jordan Bimington. Really? Yes, I think. Not just from like last year, but I just think that team's been solid with him. He's kind of proven he's not a one-hit wonder. Like you know, he's not gonna really wow you too much. Mm-hmm. But like the Blues have been in it the whole time mm-hmm. with him there. He's been a consistent guy. You know, like I kind of got disappointed that he took away with time from Jake Allen. Another. But, you know, they're both world junior guys, there so we go. There we I can't go. lose in this situation. I was going to ask. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about you, Alex? Um, at number one, of course, I have Connor Hellebuck. Uh, number mm-hmm. two, uh, Tuka Rask. And, and number three, you know, I thought about Darcy Kemper. The thing I had with Darcy Kemper is he played 29 games. And... And, and, you know, I know Ben uh, – well, number three is Ben Bishop. Just I'll, I'll get it out there. Um, it was between Ben Bishop and Robin Leonard, but I don't know. I just – I looked at Ben Bishop. I thought I like Ben Bishop better. Um, and I know the last two had lower numbers. I just thought 29 for Darcy Kemper was just a really low number to put him as a finalist for the Vesna. This is not really an asterisk. I just remembered I had an honorable mention I didn't say. Who was? But it? I think if there was a progression of the way the season was going to go, like if they finished the season and the momentum he had, I think Tristan Jari should have could have been in this like conversation. That's fair. Wow. It's going to be interesting to see what goes on with Pittsburgh in there, their entire goalie situation. To be honest, it reminded me he's that, on his uh, way out. Yeah, because I saw Matt Murray. Like this guy, his save percentage is below nine hundred. I know. He's not good. He's not good. Um, we will talk about Pittsburgh. Have a young rookie. He's pretty good. We'll talk about some rookies here. Obviously, it's it's McCarr and you. So we'll just each give who are we would give to like our own third finalist. I'm putting Nick Suzuki, and like I just man, this is a guy who is has some time as top six center role for the Habs and has just accelerated in it. His playmaking ability is so good. He's a smart player, despite how young he is. And I just, I really think of all the rookies people I'm talking about, you know, John Marino and that, that they talked about the goalies. But seriously, and I know I don't shut up about Suzuki, but people really do not talk about how good this guy is. And uh, Alex, what about you? Who's your other guy for the Calder? Um, I, I'm going to go with Mackenzie Blackwood. I talked about him before, and I, and I think 
maybe because I underrated him at the beginning of the season saying, is he going to be their starter and, and really pushing for them even towards the end of the year to, to draft Yaroslav Askarov. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I really think that, you know, with the team, with putting a, the team in front of him that and, and having a, a decent backup that's not Corey Schneider. Oh. Liz, hey, you, you've seen Corey Schneider. Come on. But, no, because uh, he's been in the AHL. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't watch uh, Binghamton Devils games or Bur- wherever they're playing. Maybe it's Birmingham. I don't. I don't, know. I don't think it's or, Binghamton. Or is it Albany? Is it Albany? It was, yeah. I know it was Albany. Who the Binghamton Devils? Anyway, yeah. Is it Binghamton Senators? No. Yeah, it's Binghamton. No, no that's Bell- Belleville. 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 They, Belleville. Used, they used to be Binghamton yeah, yeah, Senators. Okay. Sorry, right. we're, we're all right. over the place. We have to yeah. update ourselves with that with the AHL team. We're all over the place. Yeah. But I, I think. Mackenzie Blackwood with the stats he had with the team in front of him should definitely get a shout. That's fair. Uh, Daniel, why is it Sam Steele in your eyes? Okay. No, he needs more time. But Or Troy Terry needs more time as well. Um, so coming on to the show today, I was prepared to talk about Adam Fox and why there he should be third. I think he should be. But I feel like I'm being tugged right now by Alex's argument on Mackenzie Blackwood. Because... Sure. I look at the Rangers and, you know, he had great stats, Adam Fox. But to be honest, the way that team was kind of built, like maybe we, we need to give them a few years. But, you know, they're pretty mediocre for what they had and the amount of money they spent and, like, you know, the prospects they had. Um, when I look at Mackenzie Blackwood, I think about how bad the situation is in New Jersey and he still had a winning record. That's true. Like, um... like we talked about Matt Murray, who – you know, he's kind of spoiled with what he has in front of him, I think. And it's below 900. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone call a goalie spoiled, but that's a very good description. By the way, I'm sorry. Um, I forgot that CMCU played 22 games in 1819. Because um, I forgot he had, like, a weird allowed but disallowed yeah. goal. It was a whole weird thing. So sorry about that, guys. Um, we'll go to the Jack Adams Trophy for Coach of the Year. I've got Paul Maurice because I think I think I awarded him the Jack Adams in their award show. Really what he's being able to do with the Jets. Uh, Tortorella, again, what he's been able to do with Columbus and his best players all leaving. And this is another guy who's dealt with some injury problems with his squad, but has he had an MVP-level player to help, um, talent to help him? Yes, but you still have to manage the rest of your lineup, and that's why my third Jack Adams finalist is Jared Bednar of the Colorado Avalanche. Go ahead, Alex. Who do you have? Side uh, Elaine. Number one. Yep. Elaine Vigneault. Yep, fair enough. Um, number two, I'll go with – I may go with at number two, John Tortorella. That's what I'm saying, Brooksy. Yeah. Joe <laughs> – he doesn't care sorry, about the swearing. Sorry. <laughs> she got me off guard. Uh, team, uh, coach number three, and they really uh, they really proved me wrong this year. Going to go with Dave Tippett. All right. Edmonton, oh, like that one. The Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, no one's been talking about him a lot. No. Because he has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. He's like Dreisel, under the radar why. guy too. Like he did so well when he was with Dallas, and then you know he kind of brought that Coyotes team in 2012 to upset the Blackhawks, and you know no one talks about that. 
Yeah, you really got to give the guy some credit. You know, I don't know what he sounds like. Neither do I. I think I've heard him once. He's one of those coaches. Yeah. Same, with, same with Sheldon Keith. I don't know what the, I don't know what Sheldon Keith sounds like. He sounds a little bit like Mike Babcock. Yeah, great. <laughs> oh, I'm but sure, not, uh, but not as much like Mike no. Babcock. Uh, we'll go to Jim Gregory for the Jim Gregory Award for Jeff Wait, did you for, did oh, Daniel I had to go? say my coaches. Daniel Dink, oh, come sorry, on. Daniel. Oh, right. here we go again. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, so winning, winning, uh, winning it is um, John Tortorella for me. I don't know why. I like love the Blue Jackets this year for some reason. They just keep proving. Yeah, they keep proving everyone wrong. They keep winning, even though like. You know, their offensive weapon is, like, Cam Atkinson. <laughs> That's a very good point. And, like, the development of, like, Pierre-Luc Dubois, like, I still like watching that a lot. Um, and I guess, like, the other two would have to be Alan Vignon and, I don't know, I have to give it to Bruce Cassidy. You know, like, it's just, I know I brought up the Bruins, like, a few times already, but, you know, it's been so consistent. He's been able to kind of really carry this team. It just doesn't seem like they're aging at all. The Jack Adams never actually goes to the best coach. As we know, it is the award to your team did better than we thought they would. But those top guys like Cooper, uh, Joe Quinville over the past years, they never get the respect. But we'll go to Jim Gregory, GM of the Year Award. My winner, I said this in the award show, is Pierre... Hmm? Mark Bergevin. Man, that Ilya Kovalchuk deal really did us well. eh? Um, It's Pierre Dorian. Yeah, I just like what they're doing in the rebuild. I just think he's doing a stand-up job, but everyone thinks the sends and they laugh because of Eugene. My runner-up is actually Dom Waddell. Uh, man, that Trocheck deal is not bad, guys. It's not bad, and just the, the the just the sneaky moves they pull out, like that trade deadline for Carolina as a whole. Hey, I'm just gonna randomly pull Sammy Vatten and Brady Shea out of nowhere. Yeah. What you, I love it so much. I just love Carolina. Um, Waddell's approach to the Sebastian Ajo after he was like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to take – of course we're going to match it. Um, I love Don Waddell. Love him so much. And how he used Minnesota as leverage to get a better deal in Carolina after robbing the Wild in a deal. Pre- who, was the, who was the player? Nino Niederreiter for Victor yeah. Rask. Yeah. After stealing Niederreiter and using them. He's a total G. Power mover of the year. The, the Gordon Bombay power move of the year should go to Don Waddell. And my, um, my third guy is Don Tweeney because just look at the Bruins and what you've put together there. Was I critical of the Kasha deal? Yes, but it can still work out. And I don't take that one deal into effect. Kind of like how like, I'm not going to look at Dorian and be like, I'm, the Nemesikov deal is not going to throw him off for me. Oh. Um, uh, Daniel, because I forgot you before, please go ahead with your GMs of the year. All right, I'm going to have to go – Bob Murray. No, I'm kidding. Uh, solid Kasha deal, but uh, no. Um, sorry, catching myself right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for winning it, it has to be Bruce Cassidy. Uh, not Bruce Cassidy. Sorry, Don Sweeney winning it. I think like they've been like. I don't know why I keep praising the Bruins today. I'm sorry, Alex. Come on. Uh, but I thought, uh, I thought you were a Leafs fan. I am a Leafs fan. I don't know what's going on. No, he's, no you're not. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's kept like the team together. He's been able to do like few trade. You know the fact that I know the Ducks took it, but like the fact that he traded David Bax's contract. Yes, yeah. it's something to think about. It just you know, 
he had to like sweeten it quite a bit to like you know make him a throw in, but you know that's pretty solid. Um, my second one is like it is actually Cal Dubis. I know we don't talk about we didn't we didn't actually have him here for it, but I kind of feel that for his first season, like full time, second oh, yeah. second is it second? It's a second. second. Second, second. Um, I think, like, you know, he's been able to manage things really well. Like, you know, I think back on the Marlowe trade that, you know, it kind of hurt, but, you know, he found a way to kind of move around it. And the way he keeps – the way, like, okay, he kind of kept the cap as it is. Like, the Leafs technically have $95 million as a cap hit, but they're still able to be under the salary cap. And he still manages to do, like, you know, I really like that Jack Campbell Cup Clifford trade. That yeah. was huge for the Leafs. And, you know, they didn't really add in more money to it. You know, I was sad to kind of see Trevor Moore go. And then, like, gradually, like, even during this whole, like, lockdown with everything, has been able to try to find all these, like, quality depth guys, you know, who may become a lot bigger uh, from Europe. The rest of the, sh- the league is going to really hate that very good explanation there, Daniel. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, Your turn. Uh, I, I, I would have, wouldn't have given it to uh, even put Kyle Dubas in my top three. And I, but, but, I mean, Daniel made some great arguments um, um, for sure. Like, and I'm the biggest Kyle Dubas fan. Um, you like him more than his wife does. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I'm Josh realistic. Madison. But but I'm realistic. I'm realistic. I know he does. Not everything is. Uh, not everything he does is perfect. I think you know Pierre Dorian. I, I put Pierre Dorian as number one. Okay, I get the Vlad Nemestikov thing, but that's not gonna. It's not gonna change a season, right? Um, or change the fortune of the Ottawa Senators. Mm-hmm. I still think he could have done better with the Ryan Callahan deal, but I understand. Um, I, I understand what what he's working with, but to trade Jean Gabriel Pajot and get that return, mm-hmm. like we, I remember uh, I was telling Adam that in November, the Islanders were asking about Pajot and it was just like a first round pick. And I remember, they, yeah, you, and I remember you told me when they were talking about Pajot, they were asking for a first. And I was like, that's not going to happen. And then he goes for a first, second, and third at the deadline. Yeah. yeah. It, um, yeah, that just, that was an incredible move by, by the team. A great uh, haul. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I believe trading Dylan DeMello as well, who they got in the Car- who they got in the Carlson deal. Hey, man, like, I, I think his asset management was perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, per- as perfect as uh, it can be in Ottawa. I-, I think there was a lot of discussion about trading Duclair as well, but I don't like I disagree with the idea of trading Duclair. I think that's one of those guys. Like you know, they have a lot of forward prospects, right? Um, whether they're top six worthy or not, it, it will, we have to wait to find out. But I think Anthony Duclair is one of those guys who, you know, I think kind of proved himself in Ottawa as one of those guys who can stay for the rebuild. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I found its place. I'm happy about that. Yeah. So I'm not upset at the fact that they didn't tra- that he didn't trade uh, Anthony Duclair. Number two, absolutely d- the same as Adam Don Don Waddell. I remember trade deadline was just an absolute. It was crazy. Brady Shea. I think Vincent Trocheck was a couple days before. Either way, Vincent Trocheck coming in, and uh, Sammy Vatnin. Like I think we talked about their decor as like one of the, the the decor that has the most depth, and they and then they went ahead and brought in Brady Shea for a first round pick and brought in Sammy Vatnin for I think a pick and two prospects. I think it was a second and yeah two like a few European prospects, but nothing groundbreaking. Right. And yes, you know what? Sammy Vatten might not play, but I believe he'll play in the in the playing round unless something something happens. But I think he did a really good job. Plus, Adam brought up the Sebastian Aho um, contract before, and, and third, my third one is Don Sweeney, and I think he did exactly what he did uh, last year in bringing in Charlie Coyle. Right, brought or a couple of years ago, whenever he brought Charlie Coyle in, and that's a guy who's, you know, maybe you might not like his contract now, but I think I'm perfectly fine with it in terms of, you know, they brought him in for an extra year. I think he had an extra year in his contract, played pretty good, signed him to an extension, and you know, hopefully they do the same thing with Kasha, mm-hmm. and bringing back Yaroslav Halak. That's another really good move. It is. Uh, I was really mad when when he resigned. I really thought they were gonna, Montreal could try and make uh, a move to bring, bring him back. Yeah. Uh, we still got. We've been going for nearly an hour, so we do have the. We have a lot of Leafs and Habs up, so we'll we'll go rapid fire here. My Norris Trophy guys, uh, Dougie Hamilton, despite being hurt, um, he was having such a great year. I love Dougie. Dougie Victor Hedman, who is arguably the best defenseman in the league. Uh, again, he can defend, and that's the you know. Attack, it's fantastic. And it is starting to rain. Oh, my God. If only yeah, it's it raining rain. quite a bit here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, listen, there is a change in the way that we view defensemen. And for that, to represent that change, and I am separating this guy's political views um, from this because um, he he's not the most popular. And I feel like I owe it to Mike to have a ranger. Um, a young defenseman who can put up so many points. Um, I know people like Rachel Dory won't like this point because they feel like, ah, you still got to defend. But, again, the game's going another way with defensemen. My third Norris uh, finalist is uh, Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. And, by the way, of these guys, I would give the, uh, I would give the Norris to Victor Hedman. Uh, what about you guys? Uh, we'll throw it back to Alex, like a boomerang. Uh, number one is Roman Yossi. Well, just the the bringing like he carried that team on his back you know the forward the the big boy forwards and you know Johansson uh Duchesne Forsberg they just weren't having having a year like it just really wasn't good for them and I, and I thought Roman Yossi I believe he was their leading scorer right took them and drove them say like their goldies were not having a good year either no. That defense core was driving that entire team, and Roman Yossi was the leader of that. Uh, number two, and, and I think this kind of goes back to what Adam was talking about with Tony D'Angelo, 
it, it has to be John Carlson. 75 points in 69 games. Like, if he was a point – like, that's not – that doesn't happen too often. Not many players do that, I think. You know, now I think we're we're lucky. We got the guys like Brett Burns who can put up the points. We got a guy like Eric Carlson who can go above a point per game, and this is just another guy I think who can do it. And that guy has to go number two. Number three for me, it's a I, – I think it is Dougie Hamilton, and I know it's hard to – it's weird for me to say that it was a toss-up between Dougie Hamilton and Victor Hedman. And I think – Dougie Hamilton just had such a for the amount of games he played and I understand he was injured but had such a good season like he took a it felt like he took a really big step and if we everyone started to finally realize who Dougie Hamilton is and I think he should get that well third place Mm -hmm. Uh, what about you Daniel Um, for winning it I have Victor Hedman I think a lot of the times we talk about why is Tampa so good and you know they have they're so so many great talents and we you know I, he's one of the biggest like reasons I think like like right up there why Tampa always is so consistent so and I don't know, like what we talked about too like you know he'll he'll put up the points he has fifty five points but at the same time too like he defends so well like I love watching him play mm-hmm. um, my two other guys I think I'm gonna go off the board with these ones uh, well I, I have like an, an honorable mention. <laughs> Josh Manson and Hampus Lindholm. Yeah. Um, for second, I actually have Shea Theodore. Um, I really was sad that the Ducks kind of gave him away they did to Vegas to keep Josh Manson. Oh, <laughs> but boy. what he's really blossomed into, you know, like I never really – I in a way, I didn't want to think about the fact that they kind of just gave him away. I mean, they gave up Clayton Stoner as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was kind of like, yeah, that was just a salary dump. But what he's like really blossomed into, and every time we see like those hypothetical Team Canada teams, he's always included in it. Like I think he's a lot of people have taken notice to how much he's developed since 2013, and I think he has had like a Norris worthy trophy. Like not not gonna win it, but he could be nominated. Um, number three, uh. I'm gonna go with Kel McCarr. I think right. he's already he's already up there. I feel um, we never really hear too much of rookies getting the same type of recognition, but I think he deserves it. He's become a cornerstone guy, and yeah, like we've talked about so much. I, that's kind of weird. I don't have him winning the Calder, but I have him being nominated for the Norris. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, and by the way, going to Victor Hedman for a second. Um, I think the best word to describe him is backbone for Tampa. And, uh, man, I, I, I won't lie to you, Alex. I completely forgot about John Carlson. And um, because for the advanced analytics community, we will give honorable mentions to Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin. We will do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finally, we'll finish off Sorry. with the – Just quickly, uh, Daniel, who did, yes. Vegas take, who did Vegas take for Anaheim? Oh, um, so they because they were kind of in a bind because remember that was they were technically still good, so they had a lot of no trade clauses, so they actually had to protect Kevin Bieksa, so they exposed um, Hamas Lindholm, yeah. uh, Sammy Vatnin, and Josh Madsen. So yeah. what they had to do was they traded Shaythe. Yeah, Shay- no, who did they end up taking? Was it Patrick Eves or was he? Oh else? no, it was um. 
I believe the condition was they'll give you Shay Theodore if you take Clayton Stoner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And like a fourth round pick or something. Nice. That, yeah. Yeah. Good, good. By the way, uh, Kevin Bieksa, who has made a great debut year on Sportsnet for this hockey yes. season. Um, not a shot at him, shot at Anna. He's so talented. Stole a job from one of us one day. Um, but we'll finish off with, with the Selkie given to the uh, best. Oh, wait, wait. James Norris is best defenseman of the year, for those of yeah. you who don't know. Forgot to mention that. Uh, the Selkie goes to the best two way forward in the league. Um, Mark Stone will not win it because they hate wingers, but um, my finalists, guys. Let's see, no, no, you, you guys can go first. We'll, we'll start with you, Alex. Um, I'll go, you know, I think Patrice Bergeron okay. is probably going to win it because it just seems like his award. He needs one more to have the most in history. One more, and he passes game. You know what? Let's just give it to him, okay? I like it. You know, I think a lot of people talked about the Boston line this year, right? That was kind of the big line. Um, the perfection line, as they call it, and he is their defensive forward, right? Uh, that's so. That's my reason for picking mm-hmm. Patrice Bergeron. I don't like it, but I gotta do it. So um, much Bruins content today. You know what? Yeah, I'm sick and tired of this Bruins content. Um, then I will go go with Mark Stone at number two. I can't believe they don't choose a winger, but I understand. You know what? It's the NHL. They don't want to change because they're stubborn. I understand. I understand. And number three, I'm going to go with the Jeff Merrick pick right here. Anthony Sorelli. I'll give a shout-out. Number four, Adam's favorite player, Philip Deneau. Right there, just for Adam. And service right there. Right there. I like that. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, What about you, Daniel? I have Sean Couture winning it. Um, I think he's been a huge reason why Philly's been on the upswing. Always been a fan of him. He's developed into like a point per ga- nearly a point per game guy, and you know, just so trustworthy any- anywhere you put him. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, Patrice Bergeron, as Alex said, you know, this is technically like his award. I feel in this era, he just—I don't know—he's like almost thirty-five. Like he's not stopping. No. He refuses to age. Yeah. He will never do it. Yeah. Forget about Frank J. Salfie. Make the Patrice Bergeron. Um, I, oh, yeah. I didn't say my third. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Um, my third is Mark Stone, like we've talked about before. Um, just so solid. Like, Vegas, they're so lucky to have him. Yeah, him, Pat um, Stastny. You got some good old American boys right there, right? Eh? I think I just sensed – I'm sorry, Dan. I think it's because I knew it was going to be Stone, and my brain was like, poor Daniel, because if he throws it out there, like, let's be honest, like, the NHL aren't going to do it. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. And you may <laughs> say that why didn't you say anything when Daniel – when Alex said it, that's because I'm BSing my way through this. Okay. My finalists are Patrice Bergeron. I love him. And what you guys said. Well, you never told us. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. Ooh, lightning, crap. Uh, that was – Damn. Uh, yeah, I love Patrice Bergeron. There's just, to quote, like, the really reason Brad Marchand will never make fun of Patrice Bergeron, even though he does Tory Krug all the time, calling him a hobbit. Excuse the thunder if that gets picked up. Brad Marchand will never bite the hand that feeds him. Yep. And you will never do that to Patrice Bergeron. Um, yeah, that's my second is Sean Couturier. You've, you guys kind of put it very well there. Uh, just a guy who's really emerged over the last couple of years. 
And yeah, I went biased for my third book. I, I put Phil Deneau. Bob McKenzie had him in the top three last year. I'm putting him third here because I love him. He's French, great name, responsible player. Um, just, you know, a real important part of the Montreal's team. Uh, and yeah, uh, well, that concludes the awards for now. That yeah. took a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, we'll save Rocky Thompson for another time here. Uh, what I do want to talk about, guys, is a big um, concern has kind of been, what about the atmosphere of games? Right? What are we going to do? So this is the – Batman said that he had some big plans, or the, the league had some big plans to try and um, make the lack of crowds exciting. I'm going to read you a tweet from at uh, S underscore Privet, P-R-E-V-O-T on Twitter. Quote, so I'm guessing this is Batman's plan to fix a crowd noise issue, unquote. And what she shows here is a New York Rangers email. And I'll just read you a bit of the email. New York Rangers specific videos that we'd like for you to record. 30 seconds of you chanting, let's go Rangers. 30 seconds of clapping to let's go Rangers. All this kind of stuff. 15 seconds of you chanting, Mika. Brad, man, Henrik, Chor, Gorgi, Igor, and then generic videos, reactions that we'd like for you to record. 30 seconds of reacting to a goal being scored. For this, the first three seconds, you should pretend that you are anticipating the goal and then explode into your celebration. 30 seconds of you chanting, we want the cup. And they are not the only team doing this. That's how we know the Habs did it as well. And, and the Habs actually went a little further. They said, how about 30 seconds in the first 10 seconds? Look like you're getting ready, like they're about to score and explode. I see nothing wrong. So my question for you guys is, have you recorded your goal Leafs go no, chant yet? because they haven't asked us for it. We're trying to do a coordinated or maybe thing, they, Alex and I. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they did it with the season ticket holders. But I, I'm not sure about that. I I haven't seen anything uh, oh, Leafs related. We're getting, the single ticket guys are getting excluded here. Yeah. Man, like Montreal. <laughs> well, Montreal, it was more than just season ticket holders. Um, by the way, I renewed my next year for season tickets, so that's sweet. Um, flat prices this year because of COVID. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Um, that's but, if they have fans and seats next season. Yeah, well, they've, they've put condition. They're really cool. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Montreal put, like, they didn't just do – they put it on their, their team app and all that on the website. But, man, guys, this is the funniest thing that's ever existed. It's so NHL that, like, it's so crap. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. I, I, it seems the, an odd way, you know – to do things maybe it's just me like uh, i was watching uh bundesliga when it was on and you know it was kind of up to the team to decide if they were gonna ask like obviously i think soccer's a little bit different because their fans are a lot more coordinated um than hockey fans in terms of you know they have like their supporter section which is like half the half the stadium and like they have like songs for the teams that they sing during the game so what they did is they just recorded they got they recorded them all singing and then they would play it in the background through the game. But it actually sounds like a, like there's fans in the stadium. I don't know how this is going to, how this is going to work at all. I don't know if Al, Daniel, I don't know if you saw it. Um, Alex, you may, might may have, but 
during the Hungarian Grand Prix earlier today, there was one of the turns, and yeah. there was a fan sort of cam where they had like fan reactions, and Nico Rosberg for some reason a lot of the commercials with him, and that was a bit like, all right, um, it's a bit. Yeah, I mean it's better than putting blow up dolls in the stands. Which most of the animals in the Korean mo- league. Most of the people that were on that board when they actually showed it on TV were like celebrities. Like I saw multiple soccer famous like soccer players on that screen. I saw people like that are well known. I don't even know who was on that board. I just I think there is a scenario where this can work out, but you need very creative fans for it. Like you need to have some really contrived, just funny stuff, right? Yes. But I don't trust the NHL. It's not that I don't trust the stiff. NHL. I don't trust the teams to do it properly. Because I don't well, know. It's not up to is, the. I don't, not, think, I don't know not, if this is a. Sorry. I don't know if this is a. Ahead. I don't know if this is a team. It's an NHL wide thing. I think this is up to the teams to go out to their fans to do this because I haven't, and and I'd expect that if Toronto, the Leafs, sent out emails to even their season ticket holders, this would be on uh, Fan Five Ninety or TSN Ten Fifty that would be talking about this. Yeah. So I don't. I have a feeling that might be team by team, and then. Because my my understanding of it is was it was kind of going to be the broadcasters, it was going to be up to the broadcasters. So in uh, NBC and Sportsnet, who kind of figure out what they're going to do uh, in terms of that. I don't know. We can make our own and no. just make a comp- compilation no. for no, the, the no, viewers. Yeah, let's do it. No. Okay, ready? No, fun. Yeah. Should I just lower my volume for a second? <laughs> oh, are you not going to do it? I'm not. Uh, it's, I just—it's just like this is all up in the air. So the how this is going to work for the NHL, I just want to see the examples though. Like if they release some, like, like these would be great. It's not like teams are traveling to their hub cities yeah. you know, in seven days. Maybe we should have that figured out. Well, it sounds like they do have it figured out. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I tried read. I tried reading the seventy-two page document that was released. It, it took me a while, and I still don't understand half of it. But it was a worth a try. Good nighttime reading. <laughs> I read a page. <laughs> I was uh, reading like a a chapter each night uh, before I went to bed. Actually, well, we're we're moving more towards the hub city talk here. So we do have some. Uh, God, I, we really. I think it's about time we start going back to two episodes a week. Because well, we're, we're, we're cutting stuff here. But uh, each team will be playing one exhibition game, of course. And what they've cleverly done here is put a lot of rivalry games together. Um, you obviously have the two Florida teams, St. Louis-Chicago, which is a very underrated series, by the way. Uh, New York Islanders and Rangers. You got some Canadian matchups there. A rematch of Carolina and Washington. Uh, you have Minnesota-Colorado, which people do not realize – how deep that runs. Patrick Waugh's last series as a goalie was Minnesota chasing him out. His first game as a coach against Minnesota when he pushed the sanction down on Bruce Boudreau. It was the Wild who knocked them out in the first round where they finished second um, that season where their, their um, PDO was way too high. Like Minnesota, Colorado. I don't know why I know so much about that. But um, Battle of Pennsylvania, Battle of Alberta, and all, those are both are on the 28th. That's the first day. And the one that we care about the most is, again, yeah, 
Tuesday, July 28th, um, Montreal's exhibition game as well as Toronto's are against each other. We have some Montreal, Toronto, sort of rivalry going on here. See, the issue is I know Adam's going to text me and he's just going to be trash talking me all day. So I I might just have to like put him on do not disturb and wait until the end of the game just to read them all because there's no way I'm going to be able to deal with your trash talk. I'm not that bad. What are you talking about? When the Leafs played the Canadians, you definitely sent me text trash talking with no. And I'm like, what do you want me to say? Well, it depends on if the Leafs blow a lead, which is. You would send it to me always in a way. You would I, don't say know what I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I have Mike to make fun of too. Okay. So you're going to text hopefully, Mike? Hopefully, Will Baldwin will you, come to my rescue on Twitter. Adam is going to Adam's gonna make a group chat with me, Mike, and, <laughs> and just send trash talks. Well, don't worry. We'll have Daniel too. Uh, it's Mike's birthday on the 28th too. Uh, yeah. So that'll, um, that'll be interesting. Uh, next topic here. Yeah. yeah again, we'll. We'll talk about um, Rocky Thompson so, leaving the Vegas. I'm so excited player. to watch the Florida Tampa matchup. Florida, <laughs> did you? I, I don't know if you guys have been listening to Hockey Central, but they, <laughs> David Amber goes, you know, it might. It's something along the lines of, um, you know, it might not be that hard for Florida to change to play with no fans because they just regularly don't play with many fans. Like Wait, he said this on the radio. David Amber did? Yeah. Bobby Smith said the same I thing was too, like cold. playing with no fans. I didn't expect him to say it. That's what made it maybe made it so much funnier. Well, Trump, who who uh, Riley Smith said it too. Barkoff oh, said it at the award show a few seasons ago. Yeah. That's I think it was last year when he won the Selkie. Did he won the Lady Bing? Was it the Lady Bing or the Selkie? That seems how forgettable it is. That was the same show. It was in Vegas, right? There was a really crap magicians act with the um, with the Calder, and it was a, it was a complete like the card. It wasn't working or anything. But anyway, guys, we finally have enough news where we can just talk about solely Montreal and Toronto for the first time in what feels like forever. Um, where would you guys like to start? You're more than welcome to go first. All right. Um, well, I guess when we look at expanded roster stuff, um, I want to give a special shout out to Noah Juleson, Canadians prospect. This guy has had so many problems with headaches, migraines, all this type of stuff over the past few seasons. And he was playing in the NHL. Like he was penciled in third pair, right? Um, right-handed guy playing with Carl Olsner. That's how long ago this was. Hot Carl, nice guy was in the NHL. Sorry. Um, but he's, he's at camp. He's looking good apparently. And Mark Dumont, Formula Athletic, who has now been hired by the Habs as a special contributor, has just come out with a little piece about uh, Noel Jolson that I encourage everyone to read. But what is concerning, Brett Kulak still hasn't shown up yet. Um, so I hope he's okay. Um, but the real news about the Habs is uh, Alexander Romanov, Will Byrne, the Canadians team have come together. They've reached uh, some, some terms on contracts. Romanov, like Ilya Sorokin, and um, the guy in Minnesota, his name escapes me. Real Kaprasov. Kaprasov, thank you, Daniel. Um, will burn a year off his ELC, and he will wear 27. Carl Alzer's number, Alex Galchenyuk's number. He's around, guys. Big shoes to fill. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm assuming you read this already, but I have here Kulak missed. This was Monday, so six days ago, Monday's practice. 
with an undisclosed problem and was classified as unable to practice. I'm getting so bored of unable to participate. It's getting so frustrating because he, he has not been like ever, ever since like before Domi was even confirmed to be staying out for like the seven to 10 days, there's just been nothing on Brett beside that. Like there, it's just been complete silence, which is so, it's so unfortunate for the guy if something's happened because he also had to like postpone his wedding. Yeah. I wonder since it's, he hasn't been deemed unfit to play. I mean, that's kind of a, you hope it's some sort of like hopefully that it's just an injury or. Well, no, I, I think, think injury, I think injuries are are still considered unfit to play as well. Then what could it be? That's what I'm saying. I think it's something outside of hockey. That's what I would assume. Outside of something outside of COVID and something outside of hockey. Oh that, my that, boy! That would be if I if I'm uh, just going based on the information we have. Mm-hmm. You know what is kind of. Uh, it's unfortunate, not for that's it is unfortunate for the players. Uh, on Thirty One Thoughts podcast version, um, Elliot Friedman kind of. And I'm going to paraphrase him here that he was being told to look into a call between the NHLPA and the Montreal Canadiens. And the sense that I kind of get from all this is that the Montreal Canadiens brass is sort of already thrown in the towel because they were upset that listen, they were out of it. This, we all know that. They had traded Nate Thompson, Nick Cousins. They had gotten rid of Ilya Kovalchuk. And they just wanted to see no part of this. And Scandella. And Marco Scandella, yes. Big goal against Leafs that one time. Yep. And, like, you got to – I understand that they're upset about it, like, because they wanted the best chance of the lie. Because it, the best-case scenario, Montreal lose to Pittsburgh and they get Alexis Lafreniere. Worst case, they now would – I think they move back two spots in the, in the, uh, in the draft, which, right. which they don't want. And at the same time, though, you're going to have players like Price and Weber saying, well, we're going to go for it. We only have so many cracks of this thing. We're not getting any younger. It's yeah. so tough. I think we I think we had just brought it up uh, before we started the show. I wonder, and this was your point, Adam, is you know what does that what effect does that have on the players itself? If the conversation that was had is if is if management is upset at the fact that they're in um, they're upset that they're in the playoffs? Because I imagine from a coaching like even someone like Claude Julian. Um, th- I can't imagine the coach and the players are in like they they want like like you said with Weber and uh, Price like they want a crack at at making a run, mm. right? So I wonder if that leaves a sour taste in many players' uh, mouths, knowing that management has a different philosophy. Yeah, a lot of like disconnect I find with that like you guys talked about the veterans like I include like Jeff Petrie in there as well like you know these are guys that you know they're in their 30s they want to win like it's just it's a weird thing to me to say like okay you know let, let's fold and do what we like you know let's just forget about it like it's uh, comparable to what we said about the Blackhawks where you know they mm-hmm. trade Robin Leonard at the deadline and suddenly they're in competition for the playoffs now yeah um, yeah, like it just—it's like that's a good point you brought up. Where it's like you don't go to Kane and Taves or like yeah Price or Weber and be like, hey guys, listen, 
we're throwing in the towel. No. This is a wash this year. I wonder what makes it even worse is when we've talked about it multiple times, that famous now, now famous picture. And like looking back on this year, I think this is going to be kind of put into history of the airport and price leaving his kids and saying goodbye. And apparently that was like a thing for a lot of players to say, all right, if price is going, we're going is if you're Carrie price or Shea Weber. And all of a sudden you see that your GM don't want nothing to do with this and throws in the towel when you've just left your family for an undis like you don't know how long you're going to be gone for. Yeah. You hope it's going to be, you know, a few months here. That uh, that would just make me feel even worse. I th- yeah, I think my thing was, you know, it's one fit thing for the fans to say um let's lose and get Alexis Lafreniere, but I think for me it's a completely different um ball game when when management says let's lose because I think right yeah well and if it gets out because let's be honest I think this is all speculation at this point yeah yeah because like let's like I'm sure like there were like Detroit behind closed doors were like keep losing yeah of course yeah but then, yeah, a team like Montreal, who Bergevin has been very clear on, oh, hey, we have a chance when, when we, if we can get into the playoffs. Right. And then all of a sudden turns around and says, ah, you know, it does a 180 face here. Who claims that you guys, you guys aren't rebuilding? No. Right? So that, that definitely has to put a sour taste. And, like, I don't know about you. I feel like if I was in – if I was a Canadians fan, I think if it comes out that – they were hoping to lose. I think it does leave a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth simply because like, listen, man, like you had opportunities to trade guys with an extra year in your contract that you could potentially get more for now than you would at the draft or at next year's deadline. But you keep telling us that you're retooling. Now we find out that you don't want that opportunity it's like they don't know what like, they want. Doesn't weird? Like how much he pushes the retool narrative. Yeah, because it, it, it's very much him trying to save face in like the media and trying to say, "Don't worry, there is a plan install here, like in place here." Sorry. Right. It's no surprise, really. But like, I won't lie. When I first read the tweet from and then listened to Thirty One Thoughts, I just got a sinking feeling in my stomach. Thing. I'm like, no, why? Like. Is it a surprise to read? No. Like, I, to be honest. But then when it actually comes out, you think, oh, dear God, no. Yeah. And it, all, it, and it also gives credence to the thing of um, Friedman also talked about how players weren't happy that the CBA and return to play was a single vote, which is so frustrating. I don't know how they got away with that. Did the league? But it's just another sort of a layer of, of mm. frustration. Around like we we were singing the praises of the CBA, which I think mean, we should like labor peace for. By the time we're out of school, thank thank God, but it, it's it's definitely an issue. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. But hey, my dear Habs, I love you. Um, do I want them? Like, because you guys know I've been very much on the let's try and get Lafreniere. Mm-hmm. I won't lie to you, but like the closer we've got, like when I saw Jake Gensel was healthy, I was like, oh. Oh no! And I started reeling. No, I want them to win, but I want, want Lafreniere. Yeah, 
Yeah, like, the closer we get to hockey again, the more I'm like, I'd, I'd like to see the boys win. Especially, right. you know... They're conflicted. I love them. They're my boys. Right. They're conflicted like Anakin. Yeah. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Are you saying I'm Anakin and they're the younglings? Oh, I didn't go there. Whoa, whoa. I said you're conflicted. Like Anakin, the light and the dark. Yeah. I got my Clone Wars, so I got my... Like, you want them to win, but you also want them to lose. Yes. I want to be part of the, the light and the dark side. Yes. I just want the best... It, it's like Padme. I just want the best for my family. It doesn't work. Um, that's really all we got for the Habs side. We'll go to the Leafs, right? And yeah. all I, what I put on the dock was this. It's all about them again, right? And um, everything can't is back argue. to normal again. I can't, I can't argue with that. No, um, but before we start with the Leafs, can we take two seconds, like two minutes? Yeah. Okay, thank you. All right, we've returned. Leafs stuff. All right, thank God. Guys, uh, you're shaking your head, Alex. Um, no, it's going to be real quick. Is this because the like the league seemed to hate the Leafs and – I don't know what it is. Do you want listen? We can either start with that, or I know you have a a lot more to say about the Lady Bing uh, probably than I do. I don't have a whole lot to say because I don't know what the award's actually for. What do you you want me to just go on about the problem I have? No, I just think like my thing with the Lady Bing is I don't actually know what the award's for. I think there's a definition, and I think this is just an NHL thing uh, with the awards. Sometimes there's a definition. Yes then that definition changes off off paper, but yes. this definition on paper doesn't change. So what happens now is I think uh, Ryan O'Reilly won the Lady Bing last year. I don't remember it was last year or he's won it. I, I think he has yeah. won it before. When he, A year he had, he only had two penalty minutes and it was because he played with a broken stick by accident. Right. Okay. So I think last year it was Barkov. The year before it was O'Reilly. Either way. Right. And it just happens to be that it seems like it's the guy who's the best player with the least amount of penalty minutes. Nice guy who scores a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I like how, yeah, that's basically it. Like, that's basically it. The off-ice stuff, like... The thing is, I, I find it weird that there's there's trophies in hockey that have to do with stuff that's off the ice like we talked about the bill masterton and i understand the bill masterton award right that's very that's a very specific award for stuff that happens off the ice right yes kind of what it is i don't understand why what this award why it has to do with off ice stuff when clearly the people who are winning it that's not necessarily the case so this is the definition of it the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy, formerly known as the Lady or just Lady Bing Trophy, is presented each year to the National Hockey League player adjudged to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. So I don't understand. Is it on, on the ice and off the ice? Um, right? that, that, because that definition sounds like, hey, penalty minutes, you have low penalty minutes, and yeah. are good at hockey. Yes. They just trash talk on the ice. I don't know. Maybe it's something we don't see. 
there is that like that is all it gives the definition awesome like, like here's open-ended yeah like here's the issue i have with this whole lady bing stuff is at the end of the day normally i don't care about the lady bing because it's become such a joke um and this is why this year i do have a problem with it is the moment Matthews got nominated. And it's funny, when we talked about the lady being in our award show, Alex, you actually gave Matthews, a, a, like, I think you gave it to him. Yeah, and I was wondering, he had the like, most penalty minutes. Yeah, so, like, let's just quickly, and don't, and like, I can already, I already feel what people are going to say. Matthews only had eight penalty minutes in 70 games, 47 goals, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's. But then the moment you see Matthews and you see the sportsman-like, gentlemanly stuff. People bring up what happened over the yeah. summer. Yeah. And then you have the people, so they don't look like they just hate Toronto, bring up the Ryan O'Reilly example of when he drove his truck into a Tim Hortons, because I'm going to be careful what I say, when he did drive his truck into a Tim Hortons. Okay. And sorry, then, what, what's the, sorry, what's the, so we're just trying to factor in like outside, and, I guess like outside factors at the wait, game wait, itself. Um, one more thing, and yeah. you'll go on me here. All right. And then the only time I have seen a radio show bring up the lady big, and I wasn't even surprised, is when I see it's from, T- I see the clip on YouTube, I see yeah. it's from TSN, I think, oh, how's this going to go? And the first thing I see, is Brian Hayes, and I see Overdrive, and I'm like, ah. And then, and then I, I hear the words come out, let me defend the Lady Bing, and I'm like, and there it is, that the moment people have started caring and arguing about the Lady Bing yeah. is when it has to do with the Leafs. That's mm-hmm. what I have a problem with. I don't care who wins it. If Matthews, like, you have to separate, it then becomes a problem, do you separate the on and ice stuff? And in a, and right. in a social media age, it is impossible to do that. And that's yeah, when so, the whole problem with the definition of the trophy comes in. It's a broken award. Like every other award in this damn sport, it's broken. I think I think if they define if if it's off if it's on the ice, then you can clearly separate on and off the ice. If they define it as it's simply things that are on the ice. Right, I think that's when you can can separate it. But I think they haven't defined it, and it just seems like an open-ended award. Yeah, like we don't really know what the benchmark is. I know like the pounds units, but like you know, it's just like a guy who can play really well. It's like okay, like a lot of guys play really well. It seems like you know we're never gonna see Brad Marchand win the Lady Bing Award. Yeah, or Ryan because he's a disturb. He's a, a poop disturber on the ice. Yeah. Like, Bergeron doesn't have one. I'd say Ber- Bergeron, like, 28 pounding minutes this year, 30 the year before. He's had a few 40-minute ones, but that's like, this is Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. I think of, if I think gentlemanly players, and I know a lot of people have been seeing Jacob Slavin. I don't know about Jacob Slavin. I know his defensive ability. I know he's a damn good defenseman. But when I think the most gentlemanly player in the game who can also play at a high level, but what and does by that the way, mean, right? That's, I think, like, the issue at hand. Yeah, like, I think, okay, if we just divide it, but we, if we look at, like, who is a gentlemanly player who's good at hockey? But if you just bring up who's the nicest guy in the league, I'm going to say Patrice Bergeron. Right. Why doesn't he have the award? And again, like, 
And then it begs the question, what does your ability have to do with how nice a guy you are? Yeah, it just seems like a weird award. Like, P.K. Subban is a fantastic human being. On the ice, people hate him. Like, he's one of those guys that is is the best and worst trash talkers Mm -hmm. because people don't like him. Because he does it so much. That's why some of it's bad. Wasn't that an explanation for something? Yeah. Yeah, I think Steve Ott was, like, named the best and worst because he never stops talking. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, just I don't know. Silly. It's, I, uh, you know, Matthew's got nominated. I still don't care about the award. No. I mean, we're going to just be like, when he gets, if he wins, it's going to be yeah. another thing. Be like, you know, it's another Great. award. Great. You know what? Congrats. Listen, uh, it's congratulations on if, if he wins the award. Congratulations on the award. Go win a heart. Yeah, that's, okay. win, win a cup. Win a cup. Win a cup. Listen, it's an accomplishment to win the heart, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I say, like, I'm individual trophy wise, go win the heart. Yeah. Um. So to finish off the Leafs talk, there's been two, I guess, controversies you can say. First of all, the Leafs are no longer allowed to use officials at practice. First mm-hmm. of all, like I've never paid. Obviously, you pay attention to practices. I've never even noticed officials at them before, and I don't even see a big problem with that. And then they also got in trouble. And let me get the exact Twitter. So I get the exact wording up. This is it's from Elliot Friedman. Can I say something before you pull that up? Yeah. We talk about MLB owners. You know, I think there's like this reputation that they're cheap. Yeah. This is a new level. Yeah. This is Uh, most definitely a new level. So this is at account for hockey on Twitter. Uh, quote, Elliot Freeman on Sportsnet 590 says that the new CBA sorry, um, says that the new CBA, one thing that changed was that other teams saw how Toronto kept their facilities open during off seasons. Sorry, sorry, during the off season. This is not worded very well. Sorry. During pass. Oh, no, I just can't read. Sorry. Yeah. Um, during past off-seasons for players and prospects to train, but other teams didn't like it and felt it was unfair, so they can't do it anymore. So Toronto have gotten in trouble because they had their facilities open over the summer, which is – and I will pass this over to you in a second, Alex. But um, I thought it was – I guess I didn't pay that much attention. I thought it would be normal for a team to have their stuff open in the summer. No. Nope. But apparently, not. apparently not. And the Leafs are now like no one can do it now, which is uh, seems so uh, dumb. Where, where do you want me to start? Like I can start anywhere, unless uh, you guys uh, want to go first. I like to hear your. No, I'd like to hear Alex's insight on this. First. When it, okay, so the it, it's it's a new level of cheap, like it's legitimately a new level of cheap. Yeah. Like I think there's this. Uh, uh, my understanding of the reputation of baseball owners is that they're a little cheap when it comes to things like that. When it comes to things outside of paying players, mm-hmm. this is legitimately a new level of cheap and not want, not allowing officials unless they're breaking quarantine, these rules that have been created by the NHL in terms of quarantine, uh, in terms of have the amount of players you can have there. That's one thing, right? And I think that was the thing I said to Adam, is that it's one thing when that happens. But if that's not the reason you're banning them, like they have it. My understanding is that at training camps, there are officials there, right? The team asks, so the team brings in um, officials. Yeah. Not allowed to do that anymore. 
So I, I, I legitimately hope, I really hope that when the next training camp starts and there's officials at someone else's camp, that someone says something. I really hope. Because it, it, it definitely, but like, you would have to understand why it bugs me. Right. And I yeah. get it's the whole Toronto, like everyone hates Toronto, but like, this seems like it's, uh, what is this? Like, this is just being petty. It's like, I don't want to pay to keep the lights on during, I don't want to pay my electrical bill during the summer. So I'm not going to let my guys go in there. Yeah. It's a bit of a nitpick. I don't really like it. But, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's any, that one, like the officials. Okay. Whatever. I'll brush that one aside. But the, the, the facilities, I told Adam, and I was telling other people too, I really think the NHL is setting itself up on a dangerous path of complete parity in terms of salary cap and every team has to be the exact same. The only thing that can be different is who the manager is, who the coaches are, and who the players are on the ice. You are not allowed to differentiate yourself from another club. And that's what they're doing. Like, that's what that move is. Whether you think I'm overreacting or not, why did Tyler Ennis sign in Toronto? Medical facilities. Because Toronto had their medical facilities open, and they have very good medical facilities. Jason Spezza came to the came to Toronto in July, or when, whenever he signed, he was in Toronto with the staff. This allows it's, teams to be different. It's very sorry. Just to interject for a second. What's really interesting, Alex, is we know that the reason Spezza came early was to help learn the system. So now you're taking that ability away from free agents as well. It, it doesn't make sense to me. You're tr- what the NHL is trying to do is they're trying to appease. The, what's happening is that the owners are complaining, that saying we don't want to spend the money. Then don't, then don't be an NHL owner. Like this is the most basic thing in the world. This is by far the most basic thing to have things open in the summer. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would I want to sign for you? If I'm a, pros- a European prospect who needs to come over to North America, I'm going to come to training camp for a month and I'm going to learn your entire system? A 35-year-old Jason Spezza apparently couldn't do that. Well, that's according to Mike Babcock. But yeah. We don't talk about him. I-, I think this is just the NHL being really petty. and But like they're trying to create parity – and it's gonna. It might help them in the short run when they're trying to attract the fans in Florida and the fans in Arizona and this and that. When you know the teams are winning, but in the long run, meh. like who? If we when we think about the past, what teams do we think of? Uh, Dynasty Red Wings. Yeah, the like, Dynasty Red Wings. You yeah. think of the. You think of like the Islanders of Boston. Yeah. The 70s Habs, the, the Blackhawks of the early 2000s, 2010s, the Kings as well. Uh, the Avs of the, the Abs. 90s and early 2000s. The Devils led by Scott Niedemeyer and no one else. Now, the, I, not, I think Scott, not Scott Gomez? <laughs> no, <laughs> the, there's an argument. There's an, and we talked about this. I, I took a sports economics class. There's an argument to be made that winning too much can affect the sport in a negative way. 
And I think the NHL said, okay, winning six cups in a row maybe isn't the best thing for the sport. And I'm perfectly fine. I understand why that's the case. But right now we're at a point where, you know, you're winning three cups in six years. And I think 20, 20 to 30 years from now for still doing this podcast and reminiscing about his, the history of hockey, we're going to be talking about the Detroit Red Wings. We're going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins of the 2010s, the Los Angeles Kings of the 2010s, the Chicago Blackhawks of the 2010s, like, because those are the dynasties that are, those are, are the current version of dynasties. When a team, like, unless St. Louis, like, we're going to remember St. Louis, but we're not going to say, man, that's St. Louis team. Like, yeah, they're a special exception because they were in 31st place on December 31st. Mm-hmm. Like, my, so this is, it. I, in Canada, this is going to be a really weird example because I think we will remember this. In 30 years, if you go into the United States, you think anyone's going to remember the Toronto Raptors 2019 championship? No. Gold, no. Talk about Golden State. Unless Toronto wins this year and then rebuilds and wins a couple of years later, okay, you know what? They won two titles in five years, three titles in five years, whatever the case may be, that's different. If it is a one-off in Canada, everyone will know about it. In the United States where basketball is prevalent, no one will remember it. I mean, hey – the Last Dance is an example of how a successful franchise kind of shapes history and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, it's like the New York Rangers. Everyone still talks about the 1994 Stanley Cup. Yeah, when you have a drought, it's different, right? Like, yeah. I was going to talk about the Cubs and, like, the famous, like, I can die happy. No, that was the Rangers, right? But, like, the thing of, like, having a drought that lasts, like, all these decades and stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. Like, there's always going to be exceptions, but for the most part, so how, how did we get here? What are we parody, talking about? Parody, parody. Okay, all right, all right. Like, do you guys remember the Dallas Star Stanley Cup? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what about uh, Pat Verbeek, though? You no, remember the kick. You remember no goal, and that's it. That's Who won the cup in 2007, guys? The Anaheim Ducks. Carolina, I don't know. The Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> The Anaheim Ducks, whatever Daniel said. See, Dan remembers that because he's a he's a he's a Ducks fan. The rest of us is like, mm, like didn't have a they didn't have a run. Like, there's a know, reason yeah. you can be like, oh wait, Detroit, oh nine, Pittsburgh, ten, and then you start going through like, the, oh god, this is when we go Chicago, Boston, Chicago, L.A., Chicago. Like you can you go off it right, right, right because it's just it's famous. Mm-hmm. It's the legends that you there. There's a reason you look at the guy like Kane. And, you know, Crosby was won three cups. Three cups yeah. each, really. It's like, they're winners. They're living legends. You yeah. need that. No, that's all I have to say. Dangerous all path, right. in my opinion. All right. Um, then to finish off here, it is time for the Fantasy 201 podcast lineups of destiny. Um, okay. I asked you guys if I could go first. Absolutely. Uh, you granted me that privilege. My team name is Team Fluge and Friends, by the way. That's my nickname. The people call me Fluge. Um, should I start with my defensemen, my forwards, or my goalies? Uh, start with your goalies. We'll start from the back end and go up. My starter is Jimmy Howard. Oh. Because <laughs> I, um, we, I don't think we talked about somebody with more sympathy in our voices than Jimmy Howard. Um, my backup goaltender is more than just a backup goaltender. He's an emergency backup goaltender. It's oh. David Harris. 
Um, my top defensive pairing is Cody Cece and Brett Kulak. Sorry, there is, I threw up a little bit. Brett Kulak has good advanced numbers, all right? No, Let's but get Cody Cece. Cody yeah. Cece. That is the top pairing that I would love to go get dinner with, but Cece can stay on the bench. <laughs> Cece can stay on the bench. My second pairing is a, is a, a shout-out to you, Daniel. I have Hampus Lindholm. That's for you. And uh, the future captain of the Ottawa Senators, Mark Borowiecki. Um, my bottom pair is Dylan DeMello, the porn star of a, of a defenseman. But you did Ottawa. a full lineup? Yeah. Oh, that, I thought you just meant one line. Oh. Well, that's what you're getting from me. Well. Yeah, I one line. Oh. Oh, wow. I thought it was uh, like an all, like, you know, like the, like the first team or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought too. I did a whole lineup. Oh, <laughs> okay. Let me, let me finish. And then my last defenseman is probably the most controversial defenseman on the show. It's Mark Edouard Vlasic. My fourth line is the best fourth line in hockey, guys. Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbug, and Matt Martin. That's right. Love that. Good. We went best to the fourth old. fourth line in hockey. Yeah, remember when oh, that was a thing? We need. Yeah. Lamorello's going to sign us. Ten million on the fourth line. And they led like the league in hits for like three years. Um, High five, guys. My High third, five. my third line has Getzlav and Perry together again. Daniel, there you go. And then this guy would have been a center, but if he ever, if he did go to the Habs, he would have played wing because Montreal. Sebastian Ajo is there. My second line is a Cherry Lekkinen because he's my sweet Finnish boy. My right winger is. Is, is Alex's favorite guy to talk about, um, William Nylander. Hello. And then my second line center is my favorite guy, Nathan McKinnon. The top line is Alex Galchenyuk on the left wing, naturally. My top right winger is Jacob for his back at Carlson. Now, a lot of you may be thinking, guys, you never talk about that guy. Well, before we start the show, we do those really crappy, like, we, like you know how singers do, like, vocal warm-ups? We just randomly say hockey players' names. And we always say Jacob for his back at Carlson. And my first line center and my captain is Craig Smith. That's it for me. I'm pretty – I'm proud of that. That's uh, very good. Very, very, very good. Very good. Is that why you guys are very quiet? Yeah. It just um, – Do you want me – can I just give you my uh, six players instead of yeah. Like 21? Yeah, I'm going to just sit six. back and enjoy this now. Okay. Uh, my goaltender is Sergei Bobrovsky for – such a wonderful season, you know, he's had. All right. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, I guess I have to pick Cody Cece because Adam told me I have to pick Cody Cece. I thought you'd surely use Blackwood as your goaltender. No, Sergei, we talked way more about how bad Sergei Bobrovsky's been. All right. <clears throat> yeah, Cece, who else do you have? Um,. I, I'm going with two right-handed defensemen. Okay, I'm not Mike Babcock. I'm allowed to do that, and it's Dougie Hamilton because of how hey. good of a season he's had. Mm-hmm. And my forwards on the left wing, Johnny Goudreau, because of such a horror, like such a oh season he's had. Uh, I mean that we can I can put Calgary as the team who's had such a mm, season uh, at center. I'm going with Sebastian Ajo. Uh, from him signing the offer sheet to him getting signed by the uh, by the by the he wanted signing the Montreal Canadiens offer sheet. Mm-hmm. He wanted he 
wanted to be a Montreal. <laughs> he did. He wanted to be a Hab. Or he just wanted to make it easier on the Hurricanes. He signed the contract. That's all I'm going to say. He signed the contract. Go on, though. He wants to be um, a For a day. And then, then. Marner, Marner didn't want to be a Blue Jacket. Didn't sign there. Yeah, Continue. but he knew the Leafs wouldn't be able to afford yeah, exactly. Wanted yeah, to be a leaf, so he didn't sign it. Guess what? Go, continue, continue. He took a sweetheart deal. Um, and on the right wing, if I didn't put this guy on my team, I wouldn't be a Leafs fan. It is William Bloody Nylander. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me it. let me just let me just guess. Okay. Um, John Gibson or Ryan Miller. Um, Sammy Vatnin. Uh, Josh Manson, Getzlav, Perry, Raquel. That's what I'm guessing for you. Can I give my coach before Daniel goes? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock, all right. I he did the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Daniel, go ahead. All right. I don't know if this goes beyond leagues, but I'm just going to do it. So my goal is Yaroslav Asparov. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, that's for you can get away with that. Yeah. Uh, okay. My defense is Martin Marincin and Cody CC <laughs> together. Show. That's a good show. Yeah. That's a good show. The worst <laughs> pairing in Leafs history. Talk yeah. about some Terrence Styles. All right. Um, a few honorable mentions here. My honorable mention of a defenseman is Andre Markov. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. We've talked about him. We've talked. Yes. About him. I know quite a bit. Yeah. Um, my and then I guess like my forwards, I have four forwards because there's a dash on my center, but I have Greg Smith, Jakob Forsbeck, Carlson, and then the slash is yes, Barry Kokinemi and Barrett Hayden. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> and my coach is Bruce Boudreau. <laughs> Barbecue Bruce. Okay, Daniel, I think you win. That was pretty yeah, good. Uh, Daniel wins. I like. <laughs> I really like the, the Barrett Hayden Yesberry. I should probably get closer to the mic now. The Barrett Hayden Yesberry called Kinemi stuff is pretty damn good. That team would get shelled. No, it wouldn't. What are you talking about? Martin Marinchin and Cody Cece? That's true. Never mind. I forgot about the defense. <laughs> Come on. And the unproven yeah. Yaroslav Askarov. Yeah. Hey, Frederick Anderson makes it work with that defense. See if Yaskarov can too. That's the yeah. Is that the rumor? The it'll Leafs be, trying to the, trade into the lottery. It'll be the real test. Yeah. How Willie Nylander for the tenth overall pick. No. 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 Yeah. No. Nylander for Dumba. No. Make it happen. Uh, maybe. That would make. All right, lads. Uh, I think that's everything. We've been going for so long. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. I think that was I a really good show. I think so. Um. It's fun. Yeah, same. I'm happy. Daniel didn't disconnect. I know. Uh, that's shocking. Do you have a new camera or something? Because you look a lot more clear today. Oh, uh, better lighting. Ah, that's what Gary Gold yeah. says. If you're glistening, no one's listening. I wasn't listening. listening. It's like always dark <laughs> in my room. So I'm like, yeah. you know, I should you know, no during like, the lightning store. I just like change this. No one's been listening to Daniel because he's been glistening. <laughs> okay, Daniel. Yes. What am I about to ask you? Is it a quiz? No. No, it's not a quiz. They're going to ask me. Is your Lego Batmobile done? <laughs> Daniel, uh, Daniel just leaves the call. 
What? <laughs> I still have them. Attic and Starfire. I didn't finish that one either. I didn't even open it yet. It's still like the, what is it, FedEx box? That's okay. All right, well, uh, so that answers my question. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, if you listening enjoyed the podcast, sorry, what? If you who are listening to this podcast enjoy it, um, be sure to let us know. You can support the show in so many different ways. You can go check out our Facebook and Instagram page for, you know, get the hockey discussion going, sorry. Uh, go ahead and check out the YouTube channel for a visual experience of the podcast. You can see the kind of crappy water heater in that behind me. Um, that'll be yeah. fixed for next week. Kind of forgot that we didn't put the second door up. Whoops. Uh, Daniel, a much clearer picture. He's in a very serious pose right now. Like he's about to put a hit out and so on. Alex is there as always, hasn't moved in about six years. Um, sure. Yeah, seriously, even when we record in person, that's where he sits. Yeah. Um, you can check all our social medias out. Also, when you're on YouTube, check out my YouTube channel. Video coming soon, I think. Hey, there we and go. Uh, that's it. Um, thank you, The Voice Ed, as always, for being a great platform for this show. And, um, yeah, bye. <laughs>